I'm your host, Rena Friedman Watts, and this is the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, this is Big Daddy, Wayne Friedman. That's my grandpa. Grandpa, you ready for more daddy drama? My dad is my number one hero and number one fan. And I'm a pretty cool dude. All right, season four, baby, here we go. More stories you're not going to believe. And maybe you will after you listen. Five stars. Five and a half stars, two thumbs up. You are a pretty cool dude. Love you, mommy. Don't stand on the table and damn the public. You'll get some words of wisdom to live by. Here we go again. Better call daddy. You know what your problem is? You like me. Yeah, I do. Each week, I interview a guest, share the stories with my dad, and then he weighs in at the end of every episode with his wisdom and wit. Hey, Grandpa. Everyone from influential players to inspirational fathers, and of course, controversial people. Grandpa, my mommy's calling. Creating that legacy one call at a time. And welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Stay tuned. Where's the music? Better call daddy cause he knows you best. He's bringing the test. He sees possibilities. Better call daddy, he'll be by your side. Better call daddy, you're the apple of his eye. He sees possibilities. Oh, won't you Today's guest was referred to as Jerry Springer's baby. He has been climbing mountains since birth. He was a 70-pound one-year-old, and he is teaching us all how to be a little bit more down-to-earth and how to overcome big challenges. Zach, welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Big baby Zach. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you reaching out. I feel like every time I show up, I, I look completely different somewhere. Somewhere, It's interesting you know, that you follow the thread. It's like, who the hell is that? I'll tell you, I am a mom of four and my first kid was backbreaking. He was a big baby. I think he was around 30 pounds at a year and I was having back pain from that. I had back pain just thinking about it, really. <laughs> So 70 pounds that I cannot imagine. I I can sympathize with your mom. It must have been hard to put you in the crib. You know, she's a very strong woman. Very strong. You know, we think in part because of the gene, but it also definitely took a toll on her. You know, her, her bones, she feels that. Like her shoulders, her back, her knees. You know, I mean... At 17 months of 70 pounds at three, I want to say it was 110 at like a year and a half or something like crazy, something crazy. She knows the metrics better than I, but it's just inhuman. Like I remember uh, fifth grade, I was 250 pounds, five foot 11, you know, and that was just normal. What yeah. was his reactions to that? That must have been hard. Everyone was accepting, but if they were to accept me the same way today, I would feel more like a circus act, I guess. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like, you're just kind of on display, you know, and sometimes like I enter a class and like the teacher would start talking, especially when I'm younger and like, oh, Zach, do you want to share the class or whatever? And then I just started doing it of my own accord because it's like, well, that's what I know. You know, and I was presenting myself like the circus act. I can't really be mad, but that's a lot of how it was when I was a kid. I mean, so. did college coaches start reaching out to you for sports contracts or you know i never played sports because it was hard when, when i was younger i was growing so fast i was in that wheelchairs i mean uh, even when i was a baby they weren't sure i was gonna be able to walk as i got older you know i, I would just be growing so fast going to wheelchairs it'd be really hard you know i became very sedentary and then i started doing more sedentary things like i started playing video games they actually helped teach me how to read you know i, I started getting good at that and doing esports type stuff i got good at that 
Uh, I've had a different life, but I like my life. Nowadays, I ended up as a hospital security guard of my own volition. You know, I have a sponsor, a certified esports coach and whatnot, but I wanted to do something more fulfilling that will build more character, you know? Because when you do something that you enjoy, like as a hobby, you do all the time. It's not your hobby anymore. That's your job. It's not fun. Oh, is so, that true? Oh my God, yeah. yes. But just knowing that you're able to get really effective at what you're doing, that in itself is an accomplishment that will stay with you. Yeah. You know? Tell me more about that. When I, I was younger, I played all sorts of games. Yeah, I just I just did it as a hobby. All the doctors when I was growing up, you know, my family assumed of how my health condition was and from what the doctor said, I was gonna be on disability. I mean, even now my bones are pretty shot. You know, I have a lot of like severe stenosis, scoliosis, arthritis, neuropathy, fibromyalgia, all this other stuff I don't remember. And it all compounds upon itself. I don't know. I've always been the type to want to just do something. You know, so it started out and it's all tied together. So but it did start out with the video games. My mom was big on like Nintendo games. I played Super Smash. I was good at it. I got flown out for it. You know, when I was younger, like late teens, we were pretty destitute actually very poor and there were times where i was buying us groceries that went winning tournaments it, it was difficult because when i was 13 years old about 14 my father had passed away and oh made things gosh. very difficult yeah i'm so sorry i didn't know that no it's all right i mean you know it, it prepares you for things later in life you know it's, it's going to come for everybody at one point or another you know it's a very humbling experience and i'd rather have to accept that as part of the cycle sooner rather than later because i don't know i look at it like birth it doesn't necessarily have to be a sad thing as I get older. Oh, clearly, you know, it's going to be sad, but you know what I mean? It's very um, transitive. Nobody knows where you're coming from or where you're going to. <laughs> That's my take these days. I don't have any solid opinions on that, but it helps me when I'm in a hospital environment because I have to handle body bags and whatnot at times and these other things. Oh my Is God. Yeah, that, I don't know how you do it. I was very, very existential when I was younger, very, very scared of death. So I spent a long time just reading <laughs> a philosophy and just other, just facing it head on. Anything I'm scared of, I just face it head on. Like I'm very squeamish with needles and whatnot. So I had one partner. So we had so many doctor's appointments. So I made a point to just be with her every single one, just watching and watching and watching. And now it's like nothing. Got my flu shot just today. <laughs> and then after all, <laughs> and I'm here. <laughs> That's great. I like what you said about facing things head on. Can you talk a little bit about that as far as your weight loss journey and your trials and tribulations there? Yeah, it's interesting because through the, the esports, I had taught myself discipline, overcoming your anxieties, getting involved in community or, or when you need to just kind of be able to motivate yourself. Just a lot of really valuable core qualities, you know, that will stay with you for life beyond just a video. It becomes more about, you know, I'm realizing you funnel this energy into any Thing. does not matter what it is and you'll see progress as long as you stay steady and consistent when that comes to the weight loss for me when the pandemic hit that's when everything shut down and it became extremely extremely difficult for me because at some point it went from being a hobby and something i was doing at times for an income or whatnot it was not always an income it was very poor it went from that to being an escape for me and once the escape was taken away is when I was just had to sit with myself, like many people in the pandemic. But rather than accept the state of things, I decided to educate myself and start reading and learning just very obsessively about fitness and all these different things I can be doing for myself. Re relevant to the story, I do have clinical OCD. So I get obsessed with something I, compulsively. I really do. Even now, I start exercising, you know, I have periods I just got to stop because I'm just wearing down my joints and wearing down my joints. I mean, who doesn't do that? <laughs> in terms of the weight loss you know it was difficult you know when i first started out i was so upset i just stopped eating completely i just exempt myself from food for a day and my family was like zach you gotta eat you gotta eat so i'm like all right i'll eat this like whatever thing of bread all right so i ate some bread that was my first day and then you know i had no idea what the hell i was doing in this department I was winging it, but looking back, I can say more concisely how that was 
a good thing because something that I would recommend to anyone who is very severely overweight is it's not even about the food. It's not about the activity. It's about mindfulness of behavior and understanding mm-hmm. your behaviors. You know, it's a lot of um, similarities to something like therapy, you know, it just, it all comes down to understanding yourself in the end. For me personally, it brought awareness to my eating habits, why I, I was eating, how much I was eating, you know, and that was what I needed. That was really, I really needed. And then I was able to just record everything to the dot. And I started out trying to eat like a thousand calories. And then I was power walking almost every day. It was hard to run at that weight. I set an alarm. Okay. I set an alarm to be able to walk 10 minutes, 500 pounds. And I did that because I knew I could do it. You, you want to create a positive feedback loop. You know, you want to reinforce your behaviors. You want to make sure you keep coming back for more. That's something I learned through my esports stuff. So I did that. And every day I kept doing more and more. And it's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. But at some point I just had this silly idea. What if? I hold something like, uh, I don't know, like I get thirsty. So what if I just hold two water bottles and I'm out there for like an hour and a half? That, that's going to eventually, that's going to, it's going to tone you up a little bit, you know? So it, it adds up over time. It compounds upon itself. I started with that and then I started doing wall pushups and then I would just do that. Like not, I'm not talking tens, I'm talking thousands and thousands, like every, every few months, just do it, just do it because it adds up. I would do like planks and stuff. I'm like, if I could do this at 450 pounds then I could do this anyway, you know, and uh, I was ripping up my elbows, but I was just really determined yeah, a lot of time, you know, and then I started doing better with my uh, cardio, you know, I was kind of as fast as like eight miles per hour or something, just walking because I can't run. Yeah, I was eight miles walking. an hour. At, at the peak, you know. That's insane, yeah. though. Between, That's like, so good. No, I was really pushing it. I was really pushing it. I was starting to put weights on my back. Not a good idea. I think I hurt my back more. But you got to try, you know. Eventually, I was eating 800 calories, and I was burning 1,000. And I started getting sick, like convulsing, almost passed out. Oof. Very severe, you know. And my family was like, Zach, you got to eat something. I'm like, That's not what it is. I think it's anxiety. Looking back, I was absolutely stupid. It was completely food. And I finally ate something, something, whatever. Felt a little better, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's just part of kind of how I approach things is I want to see how far I can go until I can't anymore. Wow. And I, don't want to de- I don't want to define myself prematurely. I, I want to just do it with my own hands and see, what I- see where you can go. You know, maybe get some more tools to go a little further next time. So that's a lot of how I approach the weight loss. And in a year and a half, I'd lost over 250 pounds. No surgery, just commitment. E- even after that little incident, I was like, I'm going to ramp up to 1,500 calories. I'm still going to burn off a lot of calories. I just eat similar things every day. For me, it was about reframing my relationship with food. It wasn't so much about food. It was like, this is going to be fuel. This is what I need. I don't want to like this. It's disgusting. You know, my coworkers are like, what the hell is wrong with you? But they love the store. So at one point, I don't know, um, our oven broke or something. So we, we had an excess of meat or like chicken in particular, you know? typical stereotypical you know this guy doesn't know how to cook i threw that bad boy in the microwave disgusting absolutely disgusting i didn't season it at all i ate two pounds of chicken a night 900 something calories tasted awful but yeah. that's, what, that's what i wanted because i just looked at it as something i had to do not something i was going to enjoy not something to just hide my feelings you know mm-hmm. so all, all these little wacky approaches ended up working in the end and then over the years i can understand why they worked. so it's not something i probably would have tried if i had uh, <laughs> read it but having lived it through my own experience i'm like yeah wow this really works i was so rigid with the rules it became mm-hmm. a problem and i started getting too thin i was getting very gaunt wow and it was difficult for me because you know i do have a, a bit of loose skin nothing crazy it bothers me more than anybody that i see but <laughs> yeah it was difficult because all i could see is like you know i still gotta do more i still gotta do more i was trying to gauge myself by the average frame so i got as low as 234 which is typically you know a bit overweight but for me i was like getting skin and bones you know? wow because you're so, how tall six four between six four six five let's round up to six five <laughs> yeah yeah no so it, it was a lot it was a lot and it wasn't until i met a partner at the time you know that she's like you gotta really eat something you, you're looking sick and at first i was like i don't know 
the point being, I don't track my food anymore. I was too rigid. I was too rigid with myself and um, it fueled my OCD to a, a negative. So I had to make a point to be more mindful of it, know exactly what I'm doing, but from a distance kind of. So that really helps me. It's, it's all that frame of mind. That's how I look at everything. Everything has a way there. Just sometimes a little different. It's amazing that you were able to be honestly that disciplined though. You know, for me, that's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do. Every single day, I was just reading, 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 whatever different techniques, different approaches, different philosophies, anything at all possible with weight loss. I looked hours and hours and hours a day for maybe someone with a shared experience to me. Like, are there any giants out there that have done anything remotely similar? There was nothing. Nothing at all. I was so upset about that. There are other people that were very heavy, maybe even heavier than me, but it was all different. I was mostly done with surgery. And at the time that upset me because I didn't want to have surgery. I want to be able to eat. I still like eating. You know, nowadays I'm sometimes I'll start lifting weights. I'll eat a bit more even, you know, I don't have a perfect body, but it's the most secure I felt. That being said, I don't know. I think I've always just kind of been like that. I could say you could try this or that, but I think for some people, they're just more innately driven in that regard. You know, I have my shortcomings in other areas. Don't get me wrong. But when I get focused on something, it's just like, uh, I can't get off that path. It's just really, really difficult for me to do anything but that one thing. I get absolutely obsessed. If you weren't controlling what you ate, what would a cheat day look like for you? What's your favorite food? I would say there were zero cheat days. Only towards like close to a year end, I started eating at holidays and family or once in a blue moon takeout. But as a whole, there were no real planned cheat days at all. So it became more of a social thing. But other than that, no cheat days. You have no idea how many people I've sat with. I'm, I'm not eating your food. I'm sorry. I just kept putting my foot down and I felt like an asshole. Maybe I was an asshole, but I was very committed to what I was doing because I knew that if I wasn't firm with myself. I was going to rationalize poor behavior. Well, lo and behold, sometimes now I rationalize poor behavior with my food. <laughs> no, nah, it's not that bad. But yeah, um, it definitely holds true, though. You know, some people you can't really give yourself any wiggle room. But Eating with family is challenging. I can definitely relate to that. I myself have had my own struggles with food. And I have a kid now that was <laughs> the one-year-old I was talking about who was chubby. And he also got very into fitness. And he weighs probably now what he weighed in fifth grade. And he's in 10th grade. So that's awesome. I understand somewhat. Yeah, honestly, for me, it was a goal to weigh less than I weighed in fifth grade. You know, because I weighed 250 pounds there. So I did it. But I certainly shouldn't have been, you know. <laughs> I should have done it better. Yeah, it was a big journey. You know, in time, I think I'm going to just write a book detailing where I went wrong, my process about it, how different experiences kind of shape my approach, you know, because no matter how much I talk about, it, I feel like there's always something more, always something I'm missing or things I just want to go deeper into because I don't know, it's such a transformative experience for me in a way. It wasn't even just about fitness at that point. It was about li living authentically because a lot of that was, there was a lot of it was just being scared, you know, it's scared to make all these changes, especially when you have like X, Y, or Z challenges with your body, your situation, your financial finances, whatever. And that's everybody though. It's not, I'm nothing special with that. And I would say that uh, if you ever just look around at someone and you admire someone for something that they do, there's probably a reason, you know, just be who you admire. You know, I just kind of listen to your inner voice and just, that, that's a lot of what it was about for me. So I used to be more like this actually when I was in my late teens. And then one day I just started bleeding profusely out of my, my navel area. I went to the doctor and they didn't really know what it was. Like say 19 years old. I had already lost like probably a hundred pounds at the time. I don't know. Every time I would bend over, it would irritate and it would just, it would pull in, in my stomach and it would just start leaking out. It was a lot. I had no idea what was going on, but it really scared me. So I stopped being active. I stopped bending over. I stopped doing this and that, you know, and it really just curtailed a lot of my efforts and just my discipline towards whatever I was doing. I used to clean the house immaculately. Like, 
<laughs> I was a very, very busy guy. A after that, for a long time, I just was very sedentary, even more than when I was a, a teenager growing with my growing pains. Eventually, you know, I went to another doctor and they said it was a piece of tissue caught in the, the opening of the belly button. <laughs> very, very specific. But I got a surgery for it. And it was all better. All oh, It was goodness. just this little thing, you know, because it was like, this is scary. You're bleeding from your stomach. What do you, you gotta, you don't want to bleed. <laughs> it, you know, it's weird. Very weird. All that matters is I got here now. But that's a lot of why um, I had retreated into myself a bit, you know, because on top of everything else, I had this weird thing going on. No idea what it was. Doctor had no idea. You know, that, that fear of the unknown, which is a very uncommon theme here, you know, that a lot of times it's easy to just kind of succumb to that, not even try at all, or even make an excuse to not try. Yeah, it's definitely easy to fall into that trap. Yeah, I have a lot in the past. A lot of people, they talk about risky behavior and they talk about it like, I don't want to take this or that risk. And I'm not yeah. saying you should go out and do something crazy, but in a lot of ways, I, I personally feel that the risk of doing nothing is one of the greater risks. So I try to do something every day to gain a little momentum and whatever I'm doing, even if that is a planned rest, whatever, whatever it is, it should just be benefiting you. Tying in with the other themes, you know, every day is a gift of life. You don't want to uh, sacrifice that. You know, you don't want to look back. I'm going to be 29 in January. I'm never going to be in my 20s again, for example. And I want to embrace that. I want to go out and live life while I can be youthful, all that good stuff. You know, it, it's funny because I go out all the time now. I never thought I would. And I was very introverted. Now I'm just always looking for something to do. I love talking to people. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm even up now. I'm going to do something later. <laughs> you look great. No, I appreciate it. I, I do. Um, it's not always perfect. You know, I get some jiggle to me, but I mean, who doesn't? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you human. A hundred percent. Talking about risks. I mean, I did see that you got to meet Jerry Springer 20 years later. I want to hear about that. That is so awesome. You were a happy ending. You know, they put out an ad on Facebook of all places looking for Big Baby Zach. And I don't know, people started telling me about it. I decided, you know what? I want to go back. And I know the nature of the show had changed, which is what was interesting. When I first went on there, it was very like, you know, low-key talk show. It's like what you just kind of see anywhere, you know. It had an identity of its own. It's like, he was just a stand-up guy, you know. Over the years, I don't know how he got from point A to Z. Got a lot more wild, you know. I got to talk with some of the guests while I was there. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because <laughs> we're all lined up together. Yep. I went back because I wanted to thank him, though, because he found me my geneticist. I don't like to just take things lightly. You know, I'm very much, I honor these things. So my goal, I didn't really care about anything. I just want to go there, shake his hand, give him a hug, say thank you. And that's exactly what I did. He almost seemed kind of melancholy, I would say. Like happy, but melancholy. I think maybe because he saw that I was struggling with my weight. And then, you know, he saw my mom. My mom was just crying because, you know, she saw these videos, especially my father, you know, videos we hadn't even seen. And I just felt like backstage footage and it was a very beautiful moment. You know, you saw some of it in, in the show, but not all of it. Overall, it was a very happy, positive experience. Very great guy. You know, he, he gave us like a care thing, all that stuff. It, it was really great to see him. I, I barely even knew the guy, but he, he treated me better than some family even did. You know, he's a good guy. Like after the first show, he sent me gifts for like months and months after the fact. You know, he's just very sweet. That is so, so sweet. I'm curious, like, do you remember like what hotel you stayed at or did you go to House of Blues or eat at the diner or any I of that stuff? I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. You know, at the time, that's when I was a home buddy. I just remember getting picked up by um some, some sort of a driver. with my A limo? Family. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't remember. It might have been a limo, you know, and then we're just riding off from like New York to Connecticut and then we get to this hotel. It's pretty nice. You like order anything you want. You know, this they want us to stay inside, I think, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We're a bunch of food at the time. I was eating like a monster. It was a big bill. I feel bad. 
I was probably like two hundred dollars. Not even kidding. Well, there's a few still, you know. And then I get on the show, and like, you know, you're talking to these people who have some very um, alternative problems. You know, it's interesting to hear their perspectives. You know, a lot of them are very like even keel, but just talking about <laughs> their, their different experiences. You know, I, I'm just sitting there watching the rest of the show unfold. I spend like the rest of the, I spend the, the first half of the day just getting ready. They're trying to find me clothing locally that'll fit me. You're like, no, we don't. You need to go find this size. You know, I was wearing between a four and six X at the time. So they're going to all these different stores and had someone else do my makeup and set me up with all the stuff. And I, I distinctly remember that I was following up this couple, you know, they were on the show for being incest at the time. Yeah, my, my mom said she had talked to them about that. They seemed very down to earth. They liked each other. It was different. <laughs> I remember that distinctly. I'm like, I don't I don't know how this contrast is going to work, but I'm here. So we're, we're going to make it work. <laughs> You're like, you I'm know? here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. I, I don't I'm an easygoing guy, you know, and then like it was a surreal experience, you know, and then after the fact, you know, you just see everybody just going to get their jerry beads and shit. <laughs> That was my first time, by the way, seeing any experience like that. It was the first time I could say, oh, yeah, no, it was Jerry Springer. <laughs> no, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. You know, uh, awesome. I love it. That's it, great. It's a hell of a story. You know, when you think about it, what the hell am I even talking? <laughs> Talk about some of the other media opportunities that have come from this. I had ended up on Oprah. I ended up on Mori. I was on international news. Like, um, I know Japan was really interested in me. Germany, I believe. Now, I'm probably in a lot of things I'll never see in my lifetime. There's just a lot of talk shows. My mom remembers on Talk Soup, they were making fun of me, I think. So this big baby just like destroying the city. Got to go to the MTV Music Awards. You know, this is a story that I tell everybody. My mom passed down. We didn't have a room at the time. So they had given us a room that wasn't in use at the time for a different celebrity. Very small. I'm not going to say who it was for because I don't want to open that up. But so we're in, the, in this hotel room and then everybody's getting ready or whatever for the MTV Music Awards. And I keep wandering out of the room. I was at this toddler going to Metallica's room. The drummer, Lars, he was super cool with it. You know, he understood that he was just all around a good vibe, good guy. And then the singer James Hatfield, he was getting pissed. He's like, what the fuck is this baby going in here? Something to that effect. I don't know. Apparently, you know, like after the show, him and my father very like just like staring each other down, like the bar angry because they're both similarly just kind of like hothead kind of guys. Nothing came of it, you know, but I just think it's a hilarious story that I pissed off a little bit of Metallica, you know, just being a, a stupid baby. And maybe <laughs> but, he looked older than you were. Yeah, as I get older now, I get it. <laughs> I was probably annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and that same night, I think it's sad because, you know, we had gotten a few pictures at the time. Um, Our house had gotten a lot of damage, a lot of water damage. So we had lost them. Like, I think there's this picture with Steven Tyler and Coolio holding me. They're super cool with my family. Super cool. Just talking like normal, you know. And then uh, my mom said she met Tupac that night. It was the night before he died, I think. I think it was that night or the night that he died. Very, very nice person. You know, especially with everything going on, you're hearing. But no, I heard he's a very stand-up person. Very great guy. I hear all these different stories, but I like hearing them not because of the, the fact that these are celebrities. It's the fact that they're people, you know, and it gives me the perspective that I can just talk to anyone the same, and especially like right now, the environment that I'm in. Yeah, you know, I'm talking from about doctors, the homeless, the spectrum of wealth classes, whatever you want to call it. It's important to really see everybody the same. And that includes celebrities. And I think that's why a lot of celebrities are lacking, you know, because they kind of not done themselves, but a lot of people, they don't perceive them the, the same way. You know, they don't have that same humanity given to them. And I think that's important no matter who you are. I love that message and I absolutely agree. And I have to tell you, Jerry Springer was my first job out of college. And yeah. when I got that job, I definitely put him up on a pedestal. And yeah, it takes a conscious effort. For Honestly. two years, I, I, every time I was pitching him a story of somebody that wanted to be on his show, I was nervous. And to be able to catch up with him 20 years later for me and talk to him like a normal person was a huge gift. And I felt like God granted 
granted me that. I felt like it was so nice to be able to thank him for that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way, you know? I think because of the perception of media, you know, we're just kind of trained to react that way, you know? And you have to make a conscious effort in a sense. It's like, you know, we're all people here. Mm -hmm. That was my experience too. Very much just a person, you know? And I really like that. I like when people are just, they act the same throughout. They're consistent. You know, it's very easy for something like money to just amplify what traits are already there, good and bad. You know, if someone can stay the same, this is a lot for their character, in my opinion. I was contacted by a rapper this past week. I get reached out to by lots of interesting people. And interesting. Yeah. And he told me that when money comes into art, it can take away from the beauty of the art. And that really hit me because yeah. it's so true. Like as an artist, as we're having this conversation, for me, it isn't about money that could come from it. Yeah. I just like the experiences of just talking to new and interesting people, just kind of developing my own character, just learning from others. You know, I I really like that. There's nothing like rounding yourself out. There's nothing comparable to that. Just leading a well-rounded, fulfilling life, interacting with all kinds of people. So I just take the opportunities at this point, you know, unless it's going to be a whole day affair. For the most part, I don't ask for anything crazy. But, you know, if you're going to have a whole team come out on on the drop of a hat, want me to drop everything I'm doing, especially now I got to call out of work, maybe I'll ask for a little compensation, you know? Yeah. Other than that, I don't really care about the money. I'm not a money guy. You know, my family had opportunities like TLC at one point. They wanted to work with us. Um, My mom didn't do it because it was right after my dad died. It wasn't a good time. Even the little bit that I did do. Sorry, I have Tourette's if you hear anything a little weird. No, I can't tell. Everybody says that. They can't tell until they can't tell. <laughs> but at the time, I ended up doing something with a, you know, a station at the time, big interview thing, update, you know, where's Zach today? And I was a teenager. And the interview itself was fine. You know, they told me I need to be great. You know, even as a kid, I didn't know how to shut up. But even when I was an interviewer, I just love talking. I think I get it from my mom. And, <laughs> well, they put out a commercial and... They were saying, they're calling me Fat Zach. And I'm in middle school. And like, they're just putting out all these adverts calling me Fat Zach. And I tried to act like I was cool with it. And in a sense, I was cool with it. Because growing up the way that I did with my body and everything, you just get such a low confidence for a time that you'll accept anything given to you. But my mom was furious. And let me tell you, she called up immediately and she absolutely chewed them out. She's a very strong, strong-hearted woman. She wouldn't have gotten anywhere if she wasn't. She completely ripped them apart. And that was down within the day. Two points for mommy. <laughs> well, you know, that's the reason why she even went to the media though because she had to not because she wanted to my father made just a hair over what was required for insurance so we didn't have insurance to get me all the proper testing so a friend of hers said hey why don't you go to the paper and at first i don't think they were interested and she just kept pushing and pushing and pushing which i think is where i kind of get it from you know and then uh, eventually someone came they're like holy shit this baby's giant <laughs> you know and that just kind of started everything and then that came with some good and bad you know because she said people were just swarmed outside the house all these different trucks couldn't even get outside your house people were saying please if i, I don't get the story i'm losing my job all this other stuff you know it, it was a very hectic very stressful very manipulative environment you know you say one thing a little off they're gonna chop it up and use it against you if they're cutthroat you know my mom learned how to, to swim quick she learned how to swim quick and she did it real good with my father especially too yeah they both really cared about me you know and no i, I mean it paid off you know then jerry helped me out <laughs> no, nobody else had uh, done that for me you know like i remember i won this one talk show yeah, i don't i don't like to name names you know i'm sure people can put two and two together when i tell <laughs> these stories you know i won this one talk show and there's like three other babies there that were big babies i set up this big fucking buffet garbage ass food in the back room and then my mom said that i'm just holding on to her side scared like what the hell's going on here you know while, while these kids with an eating disorder are just going off eating it was, it was trying to frame me and i ate very healthy when i was growing up i had my, all my veggies my proteins all that good stuff got all the cows 
seen them. So Alan said, we're not coming on the show unless you fix the presentation. He also said, we're going to go last. We're not going to go first and proceed to all of this, you know, because we we, we want to give a different perspective. We want to lead on that. So that's what we did. That's what we did. Yeah, my mom was very... um. Something that she taught me recently, because I did an update recently, probably how you'd seen me. She said, Zach, don't let these people manipulate you. Don't let them control you. This is not their story. This is your story. This is your story. And if anyone says that you are taking their whatever, you are taking time out of your day so they can have something to go to their boss with, with a story. And that really stuck with me. It, it, it can it can be easy to, to forget, you know, because they're writing this all up or whatever. But 90% of that's coming out of your mouth. Oh my God, I just got chills. I love your mother. No, she is great. A, smart as a whip. Yeah, no, I talk with her all the time. Very much open to experience and open to learning what, what my elders have to say. You know, it, it's definitely made me well-rounded. Give me um, an education outside of an education, for sure. I'm very grateful for my family and my mom. Everybody's very close-knit. Like any family, sometimes it takes some work, but that's the difference. I don't I don't like the, the sugarcoat it. You know, we, we, we had our, our working. That, that's what's going to create longevity. You know, you need to be able to work together. Yeah, and right now we're all as a unit, you know. Things are tough right now. It helps us stay afloat, you know, but I like it though. Like I, with my younger brother, someone I care about very deeply. He's my best friend. You know? I have a lot of friends, but you know, I only got like one younger brother. I have an older brother too. Great. We all share nerdy interests, you know, very close, you know, but you know, he's a bit older, you know what I mean? So I didn't have that chance to like grow up, like doing the same thing. You know, my sister, I'm um, older sister, same thing, you know, lover, we we're best friends. We're still best. I mean, I'm best friends with all my family, you know, like she had me like watching a bunch of nerdy stuff, like anime, which is popular now, like all this nerdy stuff. And I'm like, it's crazy how things change my younger sister you know she's kind of social like me you know she goes through her spells like me like you know in and out but we both like going out doing things and just uh she's gotten the exercise stuff with me i taught her about it and now that's she's doing it all the time she's on a journey and she already looks great she's like trying to go the distance you know so, you inspire me i am not good at consistency i'll do well for a couple months and then fall off you know what helps me i mean okay so it's not always good it's been bad at everything i'm a big believer in pros and cons my family tells me I'm hardcore and I have extreme thinking, and that's good and bad. And I also know that my impulse control isn't the best in terms of just like, I think of something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking do it. Uh, pardon my language. It's okay. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try. Yeah. So I think it's something and I'm just going to go out there and see what happens at this point. My thinking is, uh, how the hell are you going to know what you're capable of if you don't go the distance? And, you know, you, you have to fail. You do not find yourself in successes. You find yourself in your failures, you know, and then you build many more successes from that. It's like a tree branch, you know, it's just extending all around you. I'm a big believer in that. You know, you should set limits that you don't think you can hit. You know, just really find yourself in that and then work around your, your new perceived limits until you can bolster those and whatnot. So that's my approach. And I have a no excuses mindset. You can either have success or you can have rest or you can have comfort, whatever. But it is important to rest. That's something I've learned because I am very much, uh, I'm always pushing myself probably too much. I'm always doing too much. Consistently in a state of burned out, I had obscene amounts of caffeine, obscene amounts. I'm talking like probably dangerous. One day um, I was helping one of my um, exes at the time. You know, she was doing some gig work type stuff. So I was helping her out. I had three bangs in one day, 2,300 milligrams of caffeine. That is obscene. I, I would I would get so mad if my kid did that. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, do you feel my that? My heart came back heart? fine. My heart's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my heart's fine. Just the other day, I wasn't tracking it. My coworker is like, Zach, you just had 1,700 milligrams of caffeine. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> I just did it casually. I had no idea because sometimes with my back, I'm in so much 
pain like i would say anywhere from like six to nine out of ten pain depending like very severe severe pain in my back oh. it, it's difficult you know even like yesterday into today i got like two solid hours straight of sleep and it's like very in and out which is why i was like you know what this comes in line with, you know i sent you all these messages i'm like i don't know i don't know but i was like i'm making excuses i'm making excuses i need to value the time here just because i had a hard time it's my first mandated double at oh. this job you know I, i've done du doubles every week but it's the first one where someone um something happened i don't even know what happened to them yeah i hope they're okay i don't even care about the double i haven't heard from them, you know and they're very very sweet so i ended up um going 4 p.m to 8 in the morning and then i slept for like 8 30 12 30 and i scrambled <laughs> <laughs> then I scrambled, but I sometimes push myself a bit too much for sure. Like I said, I put weights on my back. I put up to 80 pounds. It's interesting because I believe the doctor said, my mom said that the doctors had told her that I'm going to be stronger than the average person just by default because you know, my body's always growing, but not. It's kind of offset by my bone. So I can carry the weight, no problem. I can probably carry a lot of weight, but my bones, you know, they, they don't agree with that. And I think I ended up probably making my back a little worse. Nothing confirmed, but I'm just like through my own experience. I'm like, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. Or my thinking definitely does backfire because I was like going uphill with this weighted backpack on. I was like, if I can't run, I'm going to do the closest thing to it. And part of me wants to try running it anyway. I don't know. We'll see. That might be another chapter. Yeah, no, I'm just always about doing what you can do. You have to exercise a little more caution. It's tough. It's tough. It's a balancing act that I'm not good at. I'm not good at balance. Oh, I'm not either. I feel either. like yes. I segment my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I told people my, earlier in my life, I was an esports guy. Then I was a fitness guy. And now I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm travel guy. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I have the sponsor. I might go down to this major event sometime soon, either in Alabama or New York City, depending. Try my best to do everything, but it's difficult. Like, I don't want to go there and be like, hey, right now, I'm, I'm not going to be able to value what you're putting into this at all. I don't know. It's difficult. You try your best. You do your best. At the end of the day, you don't take your money with you when you go. So I want to have my experiences. I want to do my best to give other people experiences. It's interesting, actually, I think, talking about that. Because when I was in the uh, esports community a bit more, they're all very kind to me. They all gave me so much. I remember every single one of them. Slowly but surely, I'm going to give back to them all. They don't know that yet, but, Aww, but I'm going to. Tell me about that. Kind of sparked this lust for more in life was fostering the youth at these events. We have people that are as old as in their 50s and as young as like single digits. It's truly a, a family-friendly environment. There's going to be some bad apples in it. Definitely supervise your kid. And I'm not talking about just esports. Anywhere where there's a cohabitation of age ranges, supervise your kids. You know, and that's not specific to anything. That's just the nature of the environment. You want to practice safety first. But that being said, you know, a lot of these children, you know, or teenagers, especially teenagers, 13, 15, you know, they would be talking to me and they'd be asking for advice. And then they end up just talking about life. You know, I just give them through my own shared experience. And it would really make their day, give them a sense of community. They would start integrating with the other younger children. They start feeling uh, a sense of accomplishment as they get better. They start kicking my ass even, you know. There's no restrictions. Anybody can be anybody here. It was very fulfilling. You know, I really liked seeing people kind of come into their own. It's kind of like what I, I had done. I feel like that kind of sparked my fulfillment to want to do more. Just, I liked helping people. I was really pushing myself at the time to get stronger. What if I just apply some sort of security position? And then this has been going great. Within the process, you know, I, I got in touch with the mental ward here. I might try doing that in time. From there, maybe try being a social worker. I don't know. Like, there's so many different paths. You know, I used to just see everything as a, like this big obstacle. Now I just see it as opportunity. You know what I mean? I love your heart. That's so great. There's nothing more fulfilling, I feel like, you know, um, I used to be obsessed almost, I feel like, with getting back into the spotlight, just as my own person. Like, I don't want to be bigger than Zach, I just want to be Zach, or I just want to be this or that. At the time, that was partly what fueled my esports stuff, I think. It's nice, because I did leave my, my mark there, in a sense. I still am, in a way, spending my time. Okay, this is crazy, but sometimes I get so caught up in my own ramblings, I'm like, where the hell was I? <laughs> well, I love what you just said, that you just want to be Zach. I can relate to just wanting to be oh, yeah. Rina. I can relate to that, because... 
I feel like when most people talk to me, you know, the first thing they want to know about is Springer. I mean, that was my first job out of college and I didn't even realize how cool that was at the time. No, that, that's really cool. That's really cool. And it's not even cool because of the people. It's cool because of the experience and what that um, unique environment can teach you, I would say. Yes, exactly. It taught me so much. And Jerry even really just confirmed that in me getting to interview him 20 years later. He was like, I always said, if you could work on my show, you could do anything. And I really and truly felt that way. It was like awesome. boot camp, you know? That's so cool. He's For such life. a stand-up guy. He's such yeah. a stand-up guy. He's very honest, you know? That's what I like about him. He gets it. He was so smart. No, honestly, um, what I read about him, he just seemed like a very, very honorable person, you know? And it's interesting because he's almost like a lesson in itself of don't jump to conclusions, you know? There are all, all types of people out there. Nobody's ever going to fit neatly into a box, you know? That's why I'm not a big fan of saying that I'm this or that. I let people jump to their own conclusions of what I may be. You know, people tell me what I am all the time, good and bad. I just take with it what I will. As soon as you label yourself as something, you know, you're, you're going to put limits on yourself, in my opinion. You know, you don't want to have linear thinking. You want to have, have an open mind to new experience, you know, because that's just, that's also where you're going to find a lot of yourself, in my opinion. Just wrote that down because I absolutely love that. Don't jump to conclusions. People tell me who I am all the damn time. How about I'll tell me who I am? That's so good. There are some things that I know to be true of myself and some things that they may be true, but it's not for me to decide. You know what I mean? If other people are telling me that I, I'm this or that and it's good, then I'll take that as a sign that I'm doing a good job. If they tell me that I'm fucking awful, then I'll run the opposite direction. I'll do better. I tell people all the time, you know what? I'm never going to take it personal. The only people that I take things personally with are my family. Because I'm like, come on, guys. You, sh you should know me a little bit now. It it's all good fun. I know I get ornery. I'm just like, I'm always like, every minute I'm trying to do something, you know? So I'm like, I got to go from here to here to here to here to here. And they laugh at me. They're like, Zach, you're all over the fucking place. Or Zach, you're never home anymore. Yeah, <laughs> It's all good, you know? Like, we work together so well, and we all have our own unique personalities. One day, you know, I think I'd like to settle down one day. There was a while where, you know, I was dating a lot. I'm still dating a lot. I have a date later. And it's like, I was dating too seriously, though. Because I just wanted to settle down, you know? I'm just, the, the kind of vision never goes away. It's like, it'd be nice to be with someone and just develop something really sweet. It's kind of, again, you find more of yourself there, too, being so vulnerable. I don't know where the hell I was going with this, but. <laughs> so if anybody in my audience Audience is looking for a really oh, sweet geez. guy. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but <laughs> I don't care about what the hell people have or what they're doing. Just be good natured, you know? Mm. I really don't care about all that. It's very frustrating for me, you know, because everything is like, you're putting your most shallow foot forward. That's just so boring to me. Or, or if you're talking to people, you know, to a degree, I feel like you kind of have to follow a mold. And I get it. You know, that can be fun as well. But sometimes I just want to just talk authentically, just straight from the get-go. You know, when I find someone like that, it's really engaging. And I have found a few people like that. I think that's when I would eventually stumble out onto my own, especially because right now things are difficult financially but i'm not in a rush to do that i'm just enjoying um wherever life takes me in a sense it's interesting because i've never once planned out my future maybe once in a while i'll have a goal but i never once planned out my future i've always lived in the present and that wasn't conscious it's just kind of how i am honestly i think maybe it started out as just out of fear but it kind of turned into a positive and now i just take every day for what it is you know and then I, I, as i get older i'm reading all these things and it's like oh it's important to be present or this or that i'm like what that's interesting i need to read some other opposite thinking i'm like i need to read about fueling yourself with the future you know like i need to read some goal setting books <laughs> yeah but you know i just set my one goal and i do that <laughs> that's why it's like i segment my life it feels like it's like there's so many things i want to do now after i get where i'm happy enough with uh my fitness thing i'm gonna really just hard focus on my writing i'm going to write a book about my life and not just about the fitness but just all my unique experiences and more detail and varied experiences 
I think I'm going to get obsessed. I think that it's going to be everything I live and breathe. I think I'm probably even going to find spots to do it when there's downtime at work, even whatever. It's just going to absolutely consume me. So it's not something I take lightly. I look at it like I'm writing my book in real time right now. That, that's how I look at it. It's like an um, intermediary period for me. I'll send you the raw footage. You can just transmit it. Actually, Zoom has a feature where it creates AI meeting notes. So it will transcribe the whole conversation. I'll send it to you. You'll be good to go. <laughs> You know what's interesting is I hate reading or watching anything that I've ever put out in any capacity. I hate it. And the reason being is because especially if I write something, I just do it so like authentically. It's almost embarrassing for me. It's like looking under my cover and everybody else can see under it too. Even text sometimes. Like I'll take time just writing like a nice text and it's like, you know, I don't want to read this back. (laughs) It just makes me feel sheepish. Yeah, I can relate to that. And it's taken me a long time to put myself in front of the camera. I always preferred behind the scenes. So I can totally relate to well, that. That's a little different. I love being in front of the camera and I love okay. an audience. I love an audience. You know, I, I just feel like I come to life. You know, I'm at these esports things. I'm doing great. I hear everybody getting fired up. I do better. You know, I, I leave my, my headset off on purpose because I just want to hear everybody go crazy. I, it really empowers me. In my head, I'm just like, you can always do better. I'm like, oh, if they're excited now, just wait till I do this or whatever. It's just very much a forward-thinking mindset. Like a liar, you're always climbing with no end. I that, love that's that. how I like to look at it. Can I and ask you one thing that's kind of personal? And you, you can, can ask say me no. anything. You can ask me anything. Is there anything that you think about in regards to like your parents? Are there like, I don't know, quotes that they say or tenants they've given you to live by? Have you thought about legacy, where you come from, that type of thing? I would say there are countless, very much so. Absolutely. It's difficult. Like uh, if I were to start my father, you know, um, it's unfortunate because I didn't get to have as much time as I would have liked. You know, we were growing closer in our own ways at that time. So I'm just glad to have had that bridge starting to connect like that at all. He he was a big proprietor of saying, uh, take pride in yourself every single day. He would just say, take pride in yourself. Didn't matter what it was. Just very much so take pride in yourself. He was a quiet man at times, you know, that taught me a lot in itself to gauge myself by his actions. Like what are his actions telling me? It was very, very hard work very hard working to a fault i would say because you know i look at myself and i look at him we both had a very severe caffeine habit we're both working constantly now and he like worked himself to death and you know i had the same sleep apnea you know he died from sleep apnea he got a heart attack in his sleep probably because he was working so hard you know it's hard to take care of yourself you know i definitely learned through their actions along with the words especially with my father you know i i think often just who he was as a person the, the bits that i got you know they really shine through you know they make an impression you know both good and bad and my mom you know we talk every day Every single day, she's told me countless things. And I'm at a point where I tell her things. I stick with her, which is really nice. You know, it just feels like it's come full circle where we just kind of enrich each other. She's told me countless things. It, it could be anything from, from general life advice to very specific. It's hard to even pinpoint down just one, you know, like I talked to her about anything. You know, a big thing that she always says that you can always talk to me about anything. Even if I disagree with you, I would rather know. And that was a big one for me, just having um, open dialogue about anything. I can truly talk to my family about anything. It could be TMI. It can be violent. It could be anything. It doesn't matter. We just got an open dialogue and it's nice. My, my parents are very down to earth. I took a few pages from that. Very much, I appreciate nature. You know, I, I just like people. I don't take things... Okay, well, that's why. I take myself seriously, but I don't take everything else seriously, you know? I'm, I'm recently realizing, you know, I gotta lighten up sometimes. I'm always just so focused on something. And when I lighten up, I'm a real... I'm a whack job. <laughs> you know, my, my friend's coming in endearing weirdo. <laughs> that's I don't know. cute. I'm certainly distinct. No, no, my family's always instilled good values, you know? It's just the, the very typical treat people the way you want to be treated and all that other good stuff, you know? And she always used to... It's the 
this is really funny. She used to tell me all the time as a kid growing up this quote from Spider-Man of all places. She said, you know, Zach, and she would say it's because of Spider-Man because as a kid, I watched it. With great power comes great responsibility. And she would tell me that all the time because, you know, I was stronger than people around me. I took that to, to heart. I never, never got into a fight. People challenge me all the time. They challenge me all the time in fights. They're like, I want to take down this big guy, whatever. I would always just avoid them. I'd just stay mute, especially, you know, I was going through a lot. Or um, at one point, I just walked through someone <laughs> like they're just trying to block the bus so i just walked over them ignored them because i'm just really trying to minimize it because i don't it has to make sense to it. it just doesn't make sense to just fight for no reason you know like come on i i didn't piss you off i didn't do anything but that being said when i was younger i definitely asked my parents to teach me how to fight to the best of their ability i used to wrestle with my father a lot that's cute you know, and it, it is, you know, and he used to be an athlete. He was all that stuff. He almost played for the Red Sox. He was oh, wow. big, very, very much into that. Yeah, that's when I started getting into lifting weights and whatnot. And it was a good time, you know. I, I wish I could have as I got older. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah, no, generally, um, they just told me to be mindful of, of that. I love that. Oh, my God. It just, it actually reminded me of this story. You know, there was a kid who decided to pull out the chair from my son that I was telling you was a bigger kid. Yeah. And, you know, this kid was probably almost half his weight so he regretted that decision <laughs> you yeah. know if you pull out the chair from somebody who's double your weight and then they get up upset about it you know you're gonna hit the ground hard there was one time when i was like i don't know probably in like elementary school this kid was picking on me and then i don't know i just grabbed him and i just went like this to him you know i don't know i was a kid you see cartoons whatever and he said that i choked him to the principal and i certainly didn't choke him but i probably knocked the wind out of him I didn't realize what I was doing and I felt so bad about it after the fact. And then, you know, I get home and then, <laughs> you know, they, they got me a cake. They said for standing up for yourself. It was probably something to the effect that don't make it a habit, but you should stand up for yourself. And that, that's definitely stuck with me. And I certainly didn't take that in any bad capacity. If anything, I still think on that, you know, you want to make sure you have self-respect. You know, it can be easy when you're different to sell yourself short. I used to for a long time. You know, it's only in recent years that I've really just, you know, you don't have anything to hide, you know? I mean, you can respect yourself in full, you know, being yourself. I think it all just, it all leaves together. Yeah, you know? it very much so culminates in who I am today. I love who you are today. Just that. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so yep. much for doing the show. Is there anything that you would like to ask my dad? It can be anything. It can be fun. It can be serious. And he'll give you an answer after. And he's kind of a wacky guy too. Interesting. Interesting. I didn't even think about this. You know, I, I saw the premise. I'm like, oh man, I forgot about this part. That's okay. Or he can just reflect on your story. He does that too. How about this? Reflect first and then I'll ask a question. Give me some time to grease the wheels a little bit. Okay. He'll All do right. a special reaction. Special reaction. I feel very honored. <laughs> Thank you so much. And let people know, you know, how they can connect with you, support you. All yeah. That. A lot of people reach out to me on Facebook as Zachary Lauren Stranger. My name's all over, so I got nothing to hide. If you're reaching out to me on Twitter, it's Giant Opana. It was it used to be my esports Twitter. Now it's just kind of whatever. Yeah, I put a bunch of my media stuff there at the time because I didn't know what direction things are going in. I have an Instagram somewhere. You'll find it through my Facebook. But basically, Zach Stranker, Facebook, Opana and the esports thing. And I'm pretty easy to find. I don't hide any secrets. Thank you. You've heard from my mom. Now, let's switch it over to Grandpa. All right. I connected with another uh, Jerry Springer guest. Isn't it something how uh, this guy's Big Zach and the first thing that came to my mind was Big Bad John. You know, the way the song goes, how he saves everybody in the mind, you know, where he holds it up till everyone escapes. Well, this guy's a big fella and is, you know, born with all kinds of 
problems with his back and everything and and this growth thing i think andre the giant had the same type of where he, he just couldn't stop growing and everything kept getting bigger and unfortunately uh, lived a very short life that's that big big wrestler you know you know he was always a good guy in the beginning and then towards the end of his career they made him to be a bad guy he really hated that at the end of his career that that he was the bad guy and where they would let hulk hogan pick him up and win back the championship i play a part in a play one says the bad guy i just couldn't stand it so sometimes even if it's just an act being the bad guy hurts your inner soul and uh, you want to be who you are at all times and big zach says the same thing he says that some people even if they have a lot of money or they have a big position or they're they're up there with fame whether it's a television show as you even remarked about jerry how he's really very down to earth some of the way the show went at the end was really against the grain. It wasn't really him at the end. He, he wouldn't have chosen to go to the show to get that extreme. But sometimes the extremities of shows is what sells and puts your ratings up there. So you'd be surprised how we compromise our values in life where we're really good guys and we got to play the parts of bad guys or have complete chaos when that's not what we're really all about. I really appreciate this interview of where it's hard to compromise being yourself. And those that are real and are their selves are able to contribute, I think, a lot more in life and where you feel better about yourself if you do that. And he's reaching out, trying to help people that have weight issues or problems. He's there to try to see if he can be an example of how to try to beat this problem. And it isn't easy, as you know. Losing weight and staying in shape is really mandatory if you want to be able to have a healthy life is worth fame, money, trips around the world. If you're not feeling good, the rest of it is hard to bear. I just told you a, a couple of days ago that I've fallen off the workout wagon again, and that consistency piece is really challenging. Right. But as you get older, as I just found out myself, is that you can't overdo it either. You do mm. have to have a program where you pace yourself. My left elbow and left shoulder still hurt. I tried not to take any Tylenol today just to see where I'm at. But to go to bed tonight, I'll be on the Tylenol and hopefully a little swimming in Florida tomorrow. And over the next few days, we'll hopefully, uh, and to get out of the cold weather here that we're starting to get, hopefully will give me a chance to uh, further recover. I don't think he asked me a question. He pretty much wanted to be able to tell a story. And, and it's really quite ironic how he reunited with Jerry again himself. Also has that perspective of really what a fine man Jerry Springer was. I love that he and I both got a 20-year reunion. Isn't that something? And he, he reacted very similar to you, where he felt like with whatever money or fame he had, that he still was still Jerry. He, he hadn't really compromised his philosophy and ideology of who he was and was still the same Jerry. And isn't that, wouldn't that be nice for us all to say that, that this is really the same Rena or the same Wayne or the same Zach? It's the biggest compliment. Honestly, if you're the same in real life that you are in social media, that you are on your podcast. Let's keep it real. And if you want some good advice, tune in to the Better Call Daddy Show. <laughs> I like it. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Now I think I'm going to go call my dad. <laughs> 
I'll say goodbye and see you the next time. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. Join us weekly for new episodes and more daddy wisdom. Better Call Daddy is good advice always. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can also find special episodes on my YouTube channel, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, or your preferred podcatcher. That's wrap for now.